Nobody has to give you permission. You decide on your own. It's kind of like fake it till you make it, but also these platforms give us so much opportunity to just decide. You wake up one day and you say, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to make content about. Welcome to The Digital Dreamer, where we believe it's possible to escape the suffocating nine-to-five achieve financial independence, have the freedom to do the things you love, and contribute to the greater good, all by being smart about digital marketing. Hi everyone, I'm Abby. And I'm Kim. Welcome to episode 17 of the Digital Dreamer podcast. In this episode, we are going to be talking about how we would become content creators if we were starting today. And I think that this is an exciting and timely topic because the battle between TikTok and Instagram is really heating up. In fact, I heard just the other day that TikTok is going to start allowing people to post static photos, not just videos, in an effort to get back at Instagram for all the things that Instagram is trying to steal. So they are really upping the content game, upping the war between the two. And I think that makes it great timing for creators because all of these people are trying to get the best content so that they can keep people on the platform longer. And that all depends on creators producing stuff that will keep attention. And so there's money in this for people who can become good at it. Well, and you know what I heard yesterday? My friends texted me and were like, did you guys get the Twitter update? And I don't think I have it yet, or maybe my phone just hasn't updated it yet. But apparently Twitter added something like a TikTok video feed where you like, there's like a different tab and you scroll and you see, you're seeing videos like on TikTok, like a for you page. Oh, dang. I haven't seen that yet. Anyway, point is this is all super, super competitive right now. And so if you're intrigued with the idea of creating content, this is the perfect time to jump in. So what is new with us. Well, I feel like I have been staring at your face for quite a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going back to New York today, so lucky for you, you won't have to stare at my face anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just for a short while, though, because then we're off for some fun adventures. Yes. So that is good. I have been also thinking about, and I think this relates a little bit to what we're talking about today. I have been thinking about how much more pleasant my Instagram feed is since I have been adding lots of things that I am following related to more hobbies that I'm interested in and things I want to learn about. And I'm seeing less and less of the business content and the creator type content. And while it is good to see what everybody in your industry is doing, I think sometimes it just becomes stressful especially this time of year, because you're like, oh my gosh, look what they're doing. I should be doing that. Oh my gosh, look at all the followers they have. And so it's really been good for me to have my feed filled with things that I enjoy. And I realized the other day that I'm seeing less and less of that business content and I am so much less stressed. So my tip of the day is if you feel that you're getting stressed, social media can bring you down But if you're a business person, you feel like you need to be on social also. So maybe start changing the balance of the content that you are looking at. 
Yeah, that's a good idea. So getting into today's topic, how would we become content creators if we were starting today? I feel like I'm excited to talk about this because when you really think about it, even though I didn't think of myself as a content creator long ago, when I was in sixth grade, I started a YouTube channel. And so how I would do that then is so much different than how I would start that now. So we are going to take you through some of these current best practices and things that we just think that if we were going to start from scratch today, this is what we would do. I just want to throw in there that you were not just some dumb kid that was just throwing up a bunch of willy-nilly content with no theme or that it, your content was really, really good. It followed a lot of the rules that still exist today as far as thumbnails and relevant content and being consistent. And you, you had a really good content game going on as a sixth grader. And I think that when we say that you started in content so young, people can kind of discount that. And so I just want to say that you were doing a lot of things right and very strategically, and you were studying people that were already doing it well. So you were doing it well, even as a little kid. Well, thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Anyway. So the first thing that I think you need to do when you are deciding that you want to become a content creator is, well, you need to figure out what you want to talk about. So think about what do you like to talk about? What could you talk about forever and ever and ever? What are your passions? What are your interests? What skills do you currently have? Are you good at writing? Are you good at filming? Are you good at editing, graphic design? And then you also should think about which areas you need to improve in and that you can improve on those by doing research or taking a class or just practicing. But thinking about what you really like to talk about, what your passions and interests are, and what skills you currently have, I think that's the perfect place to start because that will kind of guide you into what you're going to do with these passions and skills. And I think that that's just a really great place to start too because There's all kinds of people that we run into on a daily basis who are like, oh, I wish I could do that, or oh, that's so cool that you have a podcast, or it's so cool that you have a YouTube channel, or that, you know, when Abby had her YouTube channel years ago, it had content that was very, very specific to a niche. And people always think, oh, this is so cool that you do this. But really, it is something that anyone can do. Like I was talking about in a different episode, I've been kind of watching all this kayaking content and stand-up paddleboarding content. And in my, I, I discovered this paddle across Missouri thing. It's a couple of day race and it's like ultra running for kayaks. And initially the people made it sound really simple. And then I watched a documentary and I was like, oh my gosh, this is not simple. This is really, really tough and grueling. And so then I'm like, well, how does a person train for that? And so then I got into this deep, deep hole on YouTube. And there's very, very specific ways to train for a race like this. And so just because you think nobody else is interested in your hobby doesn't mean that you cannot find your audience. Because I keep telling you there is an audience out there for no matter what it is that you want to talk about. Oh, definitely. I mean, think about how many people exist on this planet. You really think nobody else cares about the things you care about? Really? Yeah. 
But I do think that it all really, starting out really all comes down to this little formula, which is just thinking about what you like to talk about, your passions and interests, and then figuring out what your skills are. Because figuring out what your skills are are going to help you pick which platform you're going to start on. I always think that when you're first starting out, picking one or two platforms that you can really, really focus on and commit to doing consistent and good quality content is better than being on all the platforms and not being consistent and posting crappy content on some of the platforms. But picking one or two that you can really focus on is seriously enough for when you're starting out. And I know that video is really hot right now and all the platforms are pushing all of us to video. But what you said about thinking about what you're good at is a really good starting point. Like I would love to be a TikToker, but it's just not the way I think. And it would take a lot more effort for me. It doesn't mean I can't do that at some point. But what comes more easily for me is something where I would be writing, like writing a blog post or coming up with our, doing our podcast. So, and if you don't like to show your face on camera, maybe where you shine is behind the microphone doing a podcast or interviewing people. So there's lots of different ways to get at it. And just because the world is pushing you toward video doesn't mean that you have to do video. Well, and something else I think is, for example, if you're really good at writing and you're going to start a blog or you're going to have Instagram that has a bunch of, um, graphics with long captions. This is all setting you up in general. If someday you decided, hey, I want to give a podcast or video a shot, you already have all of this work you've done, all of this content in writing. You basically have created a script for yourself already. Yes. And if you like to write, besides blogging, you could create your eBooks about whatever your passion is. And they can be free download ebooks or it can be something that you self-publish on the Amazon publishing platform. I think it's called Amazon Kindle Direct maybe. Anyway, we can put that in the show show notes. It's actually really easy to self-publish a piece of content. It can cost you almost nothing. You know, if you want a polished thing, maybe you hire an editor and if you want a great cover, you can hire somebody off of Fiverr or one of those type of freelance places where you connect with somebody. But you can hire out the skills that you don't have, even if you're a writer, just to get something created. Anyway, that was a little bit of a tangent, but your content creation can come in a lot of forms. Definitely. Let's go back real quick to picking the platforms that you're going to focus on. Like we said, At first, just pick one or two platforms to focus on that you feel like you can post on consistently and consistently post good quality content. But you also should think about when you're trying to figure out which which platforms you want to focus on, which platforms do you think that the audience you're trying to reach would most likely be on? So for example, if the people you're trying to reach are 15-year-old theater kids, I don't think LinkedIn is for you, you know? So think about things like that. Maybe TikTok and Instagram would be better. Probably even TikTok and Pinterest could be really good because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but even still I love Pinterest, but especially when I was in high school, I had a board for everything. Yeah, your sister had a board for everything related to her high school graduation 
to going to college, to one that she did with her roommate for planning their dorm room. And um, even though she's only 18, I know that she has started a wedding board. <laughs> okay, okay, we all had a wedding board. Just because, just because we're more technologically advanced and we didn't have to cut things out of magazines or whatever <laughs> and make a vision board about it doesn't mean that you you guys all didn't do it too. I never had a wedding Anything? Any, no. Wow. Okay, you're weird. Maybe <laughs> I'm weird. That, well, I mean, we, we, that has been well established that I'm weird, but... So you might be thinking, okay, you're saying, pick a platform that my audience I'm trying to attract would be on. How do I know who my audience is? It might just be, though, who you like to talk to, because for every type of topic, there could be different subgroups that you talk to. So going with my kayaking thing, maybe... I do a podcast or create content for women who are empty nesters who want to kayak. And so that's like a very, very small group, but that's my experience. And sometimes you come, you speak best from your own experience and from your own, just where you are in your own life. Yeah, or like when I was making theater videos on YouTube, I had people all the time commenting and saying, you're like our our theater older sister. And so I think like, cause, because, because it was a long time ago, so like everything I was doing, even if it was good practices, was like very subconscious, I feel like. I wasn't like, you know, actively making a content calendar, you know, right. at, at least when I was in high school and, and middle school and everything. But I think subconsciously then I was like, I started making content that was like geared toward my younger theater self, like uh-huh. what I would tell my younger theater self, right? Because mm-hmm. people had told me like, oh, your videos remind me of like what my, what a theater older sister would, would tell us. Yeah, that's really true. And you had the greatest videos about what the college audition process was like, because people, that is, is hard. nuts. It is like juggling, I don't even know, juggling squirrels, juggling things that keep running away from you and everything's always like barely out of reach. Putting that schedule together is hard, but anyway, she had a great video and it was fun. But you want to know who your audience is and who your content is aimed at. And you want your content to be something that immediately the person that you're aiming this content at is like, oh, this is for me. You know, you know when you see a video on TikTok and within the first two seconds, you're like, yep, they're talking directly to me. That's what you want your content to be like. And that is a result of knowing your audience very well. And then once you know who your audience is, you can ask them what they want to see from you. And then you can start making videos that they want to see. I think a good example of that too is some of the younger kids on TikTok. I think about um, the people who do challenges where their audience will challenge them to go through a drive through window and order something like go through Chick-fil-A and order a McDonald's hamburger. Like those kinds of challenges yeah. where their audience is always giving them things. Um, there's another guy that I follow who it's Charlie and the Dream Factory, I think is what his two accounts are called. And he makes people's wishes come true. He finds people who really have had a bad situation in their life. And then he goes to his audience and has his audience donate money, but a lot of times they're giving him feedback and ideas and input and leads on, like their van was stolen or vandalized or something, and people were giving him leads on where to find something. So just interacting with your audience and getting to know them and responding back 
when you get a good relationship like that going, like they're going to pour value into you also. Yeah, guys, it is so easy when you start gaining followers to think, oh, I'm too cool. I don't have to respond because like Charlie D'Amelio doesn't like really respond to people. But you really should be engaging with your followers, responding to comments and DMs, interacting with them via stories, going live and actually speaking with them live. It's really important to build a relationship with your followers. So let's talk about actually creating content now. If I was just starting out as a content creator, the most important thing I think that I would do is keep a running list of content ideas. I do this right now. I just have notes on my phone and I just, every time I think of a content idea, I write it down on my notes app and this just helps so when you are struggling to think of what you're going to post, you always have something that you can fall back on. Yeah, and we also have a master list of content ideas for this podcast, for example, Mm -hmm. that we created when we first said, oh, we should have a podcast. And it's pages and pages long, but sometimes we go off of the notes that we keep in our phone when you're out and about or somebody asks you a question or just a new idea pops in your head. So we have both sources of ideas so that we aren't running out of ideas. Imagine having a thriving business that supports your ideal lifestyle so that you can spend more time with your family, travel the world, do work that gives your life meaning and purpose, all centered around something you're passionate about. If you want to step away from your 9 to 5 and have the freedom and flexibility to live life on your terms, you'll love our group coaching program. We specialize in helping entrepreneurs create a thriving business that supports their ideal lifestyle, We do this through providing the training, tools, and support needed to succeed online. We'll help you turn your passion into a profitable business in 2023. Send an email to kim at irisdigitalmediagroup.com to learn more. And then something that I think is really valuable is once you start posting content, take note on which content seems to do best and try to create more content like that. Because if your con- if a certain kind of content is getting a lot of views, a lot of likes, a lot of comments, that means somebody is finding value in it. So you should take that idea and run with it and try to create more. That could even just be creating, making it into a series where there's a part one and a part two and a part three. Something I just saw today on TikTok that I was like, this is a perfect example of this, is a girl had posted a theory she had about Don't Worry Darling, the new movie. Oh. And... People loved it. It blew up. And so now she has a whole series where she's posting all of her theories about Don't Worry Darling. <laughs> so now I, I watched like parts one through ten this morning. Wow. But but seriously, that's a perfect example because I watched the first one and I was like, she has really good takes on this. And I didn't think of it like that. And then I clicked on her profile to see if she had more and she had turned it into a ten-part series. Okay, so what is her usual content about? Harry Styles. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah, so it's okay. I love this because what I was just thinking is you do not have to be, you don't have to have a journalism degree. You don't have to be a reporter. You don't have to be anything official. You decide that you're going to create Harry Styles content or Kansas City Chiefs content or we're getting ready to go to the SCAD film festival in Savannah, Georgia. If we decided we wanted to be entertainment reporters, 
we could do a whole series on the film festival. I mean, nobody has to give you permission. You decide on your own. Oh my gosh, that's so true. And I love what you just said. Literally, guys, you could wake up today and decide, like you just said, that you're an entertainment reporter and you just start seeking out these things and you go there and you're, you know, it's kind of like fake it till you make it, but also like these platforms give us so much opportunity to just decide. You wake up one day and you say, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to make content about. Well, and for a lot of things too, because everybody is so hungry for promotion, you don't know until you try the worst thing. I mean, the worst thing that could happen is somebody tells you no, but you could contact an event that you're going to go to and say, hey, I have this podcast. I have this YouTube channel. I have this TikTok channel that's blowing up. Could I get a press pass? And then you get access, if they give it to you, to all kinds of behind-the-scenes things and an official badge and all kinds of stuff. So you feel more legit and you have that badge. So maybe some people who wouldn't have ordinarily talked to you would talk to you. But it's just another way to level up that dream that you might have. I know this is all kind of off topic, but not really, but a little bit. But seriously, guys, you don't know until you ask. And sometimes... All it takes is asking. I think we as humans are programmed to think everybody is looking for the no to tell us no or whatever, but I think you'd be surprised how many people are waiting to tell someone yes. So if you ask the right person, for example, let's say you you ask the right person and it happens to be someone who never gets the chance to like make cool things happen for someone. So they're like, um, yeah, I'll give you a press pass, you know? You just you just never know until you mm-hmm. until you ask. So in a way, I think this also kind of segues into another thing we were going to talk about anyway, which is creating your brand kit and reaching out to relevant brands for partnerships. So you, in general, as you get going, you should have some sort of a brand kit or a press kit or whatever you want to call it related to reaching out to partners, reaching out to media. So if you're going to try to get sponsors... And let's say you are this Harry Styles reporter or you're going to do these things where you maybe you pop up at all the Taylor Swift themed events and you find brands that want to support you in that. You need a brand kit so that they will take you seriously because they're going to ask for certain information. Well, and also this part of what's in your brand kit is your pricing. They need to know what they're what they're supposed to be paying you. But guys, I'm serious for so long. I didn't know that you could reach out to the brands. I think a lot of people are like, well, the brand will reach out to me when they want to sponsor me, when they want to give me a partnership. And that is true sometimes, but there is no rule saying you can't reach out to them too. But when you do reach out to them, it is important to have all of these other steps in place, which I think we'll talk about this in another episode because I think this is really beneficial information. But you can reach out to them. You just have to have all of your ducks in a row first. Mm -hmm. All your numbers. And also remember, this is not something that you have to wait until you get 100,000 followers or a million followers. Brands right now are also very, very interested in smaller creators who have a very, very engaged audience. Yeah. So for example, I only have on my personal Instagram page around 2,000 plus followers and I did a sponsorship with Nike so 
just because you don't have a lot of followers does not mean that you can't get big brand deals and big um, sponsorships. Yeah, and numbers do count. You do want engaged followers. You do want to try to be growing the number of people who are following you. But I think this is also a good time to remind people that your numbers related to your account, your likes, your shares, whether or not you go viral, that has nothing to do do with who you are. You are still valuable. You're still an amazing person, whether or not your account ever gets big numbers. So let's talk a little bit about how we build up that following. So the biggest and best way to build a following other than interacting with the followers you already have is to post consistently good quality content. And one of the ways that you can do this that I promise you every big content creator like on TikTok right now does is you pre-record and batch content. And this is so that you can have, I mean, you probably are like, how do some of these TikTokers have videos going up three times a day? It's because they pre-record and batch content. They have it saved in their drafts. They have it in a Google Drive folder. And this is for when they fall behind and also so they can have a reliable posting schedule. But you batch content ahead of time. And I think we also have a whole episode on how to batch. Um, do we? I know, I know we've talked about it, so um, I guess you're just going to have to go listen to all of our episodes and figure out which one it is. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but just you can come up with your theme, come up with ideas for series, go to the questions that are frequently asked in your comments. And if you don't have a big enough audience yet where you're getting lots of interaction, go look at somebody else in your niche, see what kinds of questions they're being asked and create content on that. Just if you're having trouble coming up with content ideas. Yeah, so I don't think we've talked about this yet in this episode, but I know we've talked about it in a few others. But how we kind of talked earlier about figuring out what your passions are and your interests are, and then when it comes to creating content, a good way to always be able to come up with ideas is to then turn those passions, interests, topics that you want to talk about into pillars. Yes, I still love the idea of coming up with three to five main content pillars, sometimes going beyond five, but let's say you have five main content pillars, and those are the big topics that you consistently talk about in your content. But let's let's use the Harry Styles yeah. example. Go so for it. one of her big pillars is Harry Styles, and then a smaller pillar under Harry Styles would be Don't Worry Darling. And so she now, because the overarching theme of why she's talking about that is Harry Styles, Don't Worry Darling, now fits into her content. Mm -hmm. So what else could could she have or does she have for pillars under Harry Styles? She could talk about his tours. She could talk about his other upcoming movies, his relationship with Olivia Wilde. She could talk about Taylor Swift because Taylor Swift dated Harry Styles. Hmm. Very good. Very good. And that's so just you, immediately off the top of my head, the right. things I just thought of. So I'm sure she has a more in-depth idea of what she can talk about, but that was just off the top of my head, guys. So you can come up with like, how many did you say you like to have? About five. Five main pillars. And then you kind of just do like a little like a little web chart, you know, trickling down. Mm-hmm. For each main pillar, you create subtopics under each one. And 
those subtopics can then be broken down into questions or content right. or so just she has things that are related. You kind of just do a massive brain dump, and I like to do it in an Excel spreadsheet. So this girl has Harry Styles, and then under that, Don't Worry Darling, and then Theories. And then she's also been answering people's questions. Nice. You know, so she's breaking that down. But you see what we mean, guys? Like, when you have these pillars and you've really thought about it, the content creates itself, I feel like. And that's the point of having them. Especially when you are doing something like Harry Styles. That's a living, breathing human. He's always doing something. Whose life is constantly creating new opportunities. And once you have all of your content created... You can take advantage of scheduling apps. Guys, scheduling apps exist for a reason. It is so you don't have to have your phone on you all the time, constantly posting your content. I promise you these big creators, they either have someone posting it for them or they're using scheduling apps. So those are great to take advantage of because it's going to help you stay consistent. And there are some people who say that using a scheduling app counts against you with, let's say, the Instagram algorithm. And I don't know if that's true or not, but Instagram chooses. Not anybody can just connect to Instagram and auto-publish to Instagram. It is something that Instagram has to know who the vendor is and allow them to post. So that is one. But the other thing to think about is, Are you going to be consistent if you are not using something to schedule? If you have to remember every morning when you wake up and go through, get in the mindset of, oh, I have to create my caption. Oh, I have to dig up that piece of content. Are you going to be so consistent? You're not. You're not. So even if the algorithm gives you a little tiny ding against you, I don't know that it really matters. I would still choose to use the auto-publishing because it makes me consistent, it gets the content out there, and my brain is free to go about my day doing other things, so I'm not worried about the content. Because you know how hard it is to switch gears constantly? Yeah. Like, when you have to get into posting mode, it pulls you out of whatever else you're creating. I am 100% in favor of using a scheduling app. You can use a third-party one. We like to use later, but uh, Meta... Facebook and Instagram, it has its own scheduling. Facebook if, Business Suite. Yes. Yeah. It's still called Facebook Business Suite, I think is what it comes up with the but URL. You, but Yeah, but you can schedule um, Facebook and Instagram with that. You can even schedule Instagram stories with that. So it's just a matter of how many places you're trying to schedule at once and what you're doing with your content. I will say, though, if you're going to be using a scheduling app and you're going to be scheduling your videos to go up or your content in general, I would set aside a certain time every day that you're going to get on those platforms and look at your comments and the way people are interacting with you so that you can stay engaged with your followers. Because I think it's really easy when you schedule it. You're like, well, it's scheduled, so I don't even need to get on that app today. And that's fine for sometimes. Like, for example, when we're on vacation, we're not going to sit on Instagram scrolling all the time. But It is still important when you're using these scheduling apps and you're not physically posting these yourself to make sure you're still spending time engaging with your following. And scheduling time to spend time engaging with other content creators, other content you like, brands that maybe you would like to eventually work with, people who you want to get to know. Again, not in some sleazy, slimy way, 
but because you're genuinely interested and you want to eventually develop a relationship or just deepen that relationship. Right. And also making time to, and if you're like me, this is something you just do every day anyway when you're like laying in bed before (laughs) you go to bed, but like scrolling through the platform, like for example, TikTok and seeing what kind of content are people making right now? What are people, if this is on my For You page, somebody's watching this, what kind of stuff are people actually interested in watching right now? So that you make sure that you don't have to make the same kind of content as them or even copy them in any way, but you do want to see what are people watching right now? Like, what are people very interested in? And I think when you start to do that, you can start to see some of the subtle shifts in who is actually on these platforms, how their audience is changing, and also just the shifts in the types of content. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just because I didn't interact with this stuff enough on TikTok, but I do not get a lot of dancing videos anymore. Oh, I don't either. I don't get any. So, yeah. And I don't know, maybe they're still out there and we've just started interacting with more. But I will say with three daughters who are kind of artsy, I do watch a lot of that type of content. And so I think people have gotten away from the dancing videos that turned off so many creators who didn't feel comfortable with dancing. So being just on the platform a lot, you can start to see those shifts and you can start to see. And I think it just makes it easier for you to go, oh, yeah. Like if you're still leery, kind of like uncomfortable, it kind of makes you go, oh, there's way more ways that I can be on camera than just doing the dancing and pointing and giggling kind of videos. Definitely. And making sure that you're staying up to date on what's currently being posted on these platforms is also like on Instagram and TikTok is to also see what sounds are you seeing being used over and over again. And this is not saying that you have to follow a trend, but using those sounds that the the platform knows is trending is going to give you a boost because they know people are interested in this sound right now. And then, for example, with Instagram, if what you make is graphics, just scrolling every once in a while to see how how are things changing stylistically. Do my graphics that I'm posting look out out of date? Do they look, are they not stylistically what, not that you have to change everything because people are doing it a certain way, but you don't want your content to look out of date, out of style, because subconsciously, I think that does turn people off. Yeah. And this is not what you're saying, but it made me think of this. So I'm going to throw it out there because we just did an episode on where we talked a lot about perfection and procrastination. So just because you're trying to stay current with what's going on, that is not permission to all of a sudden focus your efforts on, oh, I need a website design. Oh, I need to update the way I'm doing my mailing list. And it's not permission to get bogged down in the creative because that is a form of self-sabotage. You are focusing on things that really, really don't matter in the moment rather than creating your content. So yes, address those things, but don't let it take you away from what you're trying to accomplish. Right. It really is okay, guys, when you're first starting out to just focus on one thing at a time. When I first started out, I was only on YouTube And then after I'd done YouTube for actually several years is when I got Twitter. 
and that was and then those were both big platforms for me but at that point I felt like I could handle them both because I'd been doing YouTube for so long well that is actually a really good point once you've been doing something for a long time it just gets easier there's so much less struggle involved and it again frees up your brain so you can be creative in another way like oh let's put some efforts into what I'm doing on original content on Twitter yeah no it does become easier I mean like this is kind of off topic, but last night my dad wanted to make a PowerPoint for his work friend's birthday, and he was going to make a PowerPoint with all these pictures, and I was like, why don't you just let me come over and I'll make a video, we can set it to music with like the pictures, it can look pretty and cool. And it didn't take me more than 30 minutes, maybe 45, but most of that was because he was digging up pictures, he didn't have them already, right? But because I've been doing this for so long, that was really easy to me for me to take a bunch of pictures, set them to music, put some titles in there. And yeah, it was really easy. So things do get easier with time. And if you're worried because you're like, my biggest fear is that this is all going to be really hard. And I feel like a lot of people get worried about starting to make content because they're like, this is going to be really hard. Yeah, it is at first probably going to be hard. It's gonna, There's a learning curve. But it's going to be worth it if you stick with it. And also, learn the things that you want to learn. Learn the things that make you excited. Learn the things that you are, that are going to empower you. They're going to make you feel good. Like if you thought, oh, I always wanted to learn how to edit a video and it's worth it to you to learn that, then do it. But if there's something where you're like, oh my gosh, I hate this part of the process, hire somebody. Do not... Again, drain your energy trying to learn something that's super, super hard or that you're not interested in if you have the resources to hire somebody to help you. I agree. And I'm going to leave you with this. If you're worried about creating content because you think it's going to be hard, one of my favorite quotes that my theater teacher in high school always used to say was, I didn't say it was going to be easy. I said it was going to be worth it. Very nice. So what are we talking about next week? We are talking about why you should be going live on TikTok. So we kind of talked in this episode about engaging with your followers. And one of the things that we said you could do was going live. And I'm excited to talk about this because TikTok actually has made it so your lives are discoverable. So it's not just your followers that are seeing your lives. They show up on the For You page. There's opportunity for a lot of people to see your lives. So I think this is a really beneficial topic. And if you're interested in learning how to go live on TikTok to be more discoverable and maybe gain followers, this is an episode for you. Sounds fantastic because I know that everybody is always looking to try to figure out how do we gain a bigger following. And this is a little trick that if you like being on camera, it's a great way to build your audience. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and share with a friend. Bye. Bye.